Hi, this is Jamie Crawford, Worldwide Evangelist with Breakthrough Ministries, pastor of Epicenter Church in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Thanks for downloading our Wow God podcast. Make sure to subscribe to get our latest podcast. We appreciate your partnership. It helps keep our ministry going. We hope you enjoy our podcast. Praise God. I'm glad to be here today in the house of the Lord with you. Hallelujah. David said in Psalms, he said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. A few weeks back, I had the honor and privilege of going with your pastor and his wife to look at a beautiful church building. <laughs> very impressive. Very, very impressive. Very exciting and, and uh, lots of potential uh, in the building. It's, it's located in a great place. And so I've just been... Uh, praying and believing with you by faith that God can do impossible things. Amen? And so that's what we want to continue to do. And uh, I'm honored to be here today. I want to talk to you this morning about the power of faith. The power of faith. You know, it's such a small word, and yet it can accomplish so very, very much. Our faith in God. And... You know, I think that we need to try to maybe define it and get a clear vision of what it is and also what the Bible is talking to us about with that word faith. And so I'd like to look at two statements that Jesus made. One's in Matthew 19.26. It says, with God, all things are possible. Does anybody believe that this morning? Amen. All things are possible. And then Mark 9.23 says... All things are possible to him that believes. Now, when you read those two verses pretty quickly, it's easy to conclude that they both say the exact same thing. But they don't say the exact same thing. Both verses say all things are possible with God. But when you look at the two verses, you see that Matthew 19.26 is about God's ability where Mark 9.23 is about what I believe. It's about what you believe. So it's easy for us to believe that all things are possible with God. We believe that pretty easily. But do we also accept the truth that all things are possible to him that believes? And you know, I believe that you're here this morning because you are a believer and because you do believe. And because of that, all things are possible to you. God can do impossible things in your life. Uh, these two statements open up an endless possibility of what God can do in your life and also how we can advance the kingdom of God through faith in God. Faith is that channel that makes impossible things possible, possible by the faith that we have in God. In the 11th chapter of Hebrews, when you read it, you find out that it deals exclusively with faith. And when you start out in Hebrews 11 and 1, I believe it gives us a great definition of faith. He says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So let's not miss this out this morning on what the verse is saying. The Bible says, Now faith, everybody say now. now. 
for today, for this service, uh, for the time that you're in right now, for the struggle that you might be going through right now, for the storm that you're in today, whether it's a relationship storm or a storm about health or a storm about your finances or a storm about the future or maybe it's a habit you feel like you can't get free from. Everybody say, now... Now faith uh, is for right now. It's for today. That's why you're here. Is I believe that you have now faith today or you wouldn't be in this place today. That's why you came. Because you have faith that God is going to do something in your life. Faith is for now. For your present set of circumstances. Uh, faith is about what I believe. Faith is about what you believe. Faith is about seeing the answer to your problem is real today in the invisible world where God is. The invisible world where God is. That's what we're talking about. It's about seeing what can be done by the power of Almighty God. And even though we don't see it with our natural eyes, we can see with our eyes of faith that God has a solution for every problem. That God has a solution for every struggle. No matter how big the struggle is, God has a solution for it. Jesus encourages us to see things uh, that we don't believe in. Look in John 20, 29. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. Now if you remember, Jesus appeared to him after he was resurrected, but Thomas wasn't there in the group. And Thomas said, hey, I'm not going to believe unless I see. And so then later on, Jesus appears again at this point we're reading about right here. And Thomas sees Him. He says, I believe. But Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen and and yet believe. Now let me tell you something, church. That's who we are. That's the group that we are in. We haven't seen Jesus with our eyes, but you are here because you do believe. You are a believer, and that's why you're here. And see, God says, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. So you are in for a blessing because you've not seen Him with your natural eyes, but you believe anyway. You believe that God is real. You believe that God can do the impossible and you believe that God will meet you here today to do something in your life. You are a crowd that is blessed because you believe even though you have not seen. Faith is about the invisible. It's about believing what God will do for you no matter what you see in the natural. No matter what your circumstances are. So many times we allow our circumstances, what happens is is that in our circumstances uh, we look at them and that affects our thoughts and then out of thoughts springs emotions and out of emotions springs actions. Here's the problem with emotions, feelings. Now God gave us feelings and emotions But feelings and emotions are not always based on the truth. How many of you know that truth is more important than feelings and emotions? So sometimes when we're looking at our circumstances, 
it produces thoughts in our, in our life, in our mind. It produces thoughts in our mind. I sometimes like to call them rats. Watch out for those rats. Has any, has any of you ever been to New York and rode the subway? Somebody has. Rats. Man, they got big rats down there. Really, really awful thoughts. Everybody say rats. Really awful thoughts. Okay. Now, now be honest, because after all, we're in church. How many of you have had some really awful thoughts before? Okay. Not necessarily, you know, perverted thoughts. Not necessarily that, but but really awful thoughts. Uh, because really, but based on our circumstances, we look out there and we start having really awful thoughts uh, that then produce emotions. Because our thoughts produce our emotions, uh, and then our imagination starts running wild, uh, and we start seeing things uh, that's impossible. But how many of you know that we need to stick with the truth uh, because the truth says uh, that it's not impossible with God. So don't let your feelings uh, get in control of your life. Uh, Let's look at an example of really what I'm talking about this morning. Let's go to Mark chapter 2 and we're going to read verses 3 through 12. The Bible says, and they came unto him, they came to Jesus, bringing one sick of the palsy which is, a par- which is paralyzed, is that word is paralyzed there, which was born of four. So four men were carrying this one man to Jesus who was paralyzed. It says, And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there was certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said to them, Why reason ye these things in your heart? Whether is it easier to say through the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk, uh, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth uh, to forgive sins. He says to the sick of the palsy, I say unto you, Arise and take up your bed and go your way into your house. And immediately arose and took up the bed and went forth with them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Now what I want us to see in this this morning is, is that these five men, there four of them were carrying the paralyzed man, but these five men, they were looking into the invisible world, okay? Because faith is about seeing what's in the invisible. Somebody say invisible. It's about looking into the invisible world. Because these four men who carried their friend to Jesus, uh, those four men, they could see their friend walking. They could see their friend healed. Uh, you wouldn't take, you wouldn't carry someone to Jesus and then you can't get in the door of the church. And so because they can't get in the door of the church, Rick, uh, they start tearing off the roof to let them down. How many of you can see that they had some faith in God? 
They believed that if they could get their friend to Jesus, they could see, they could see Him. Somebody say they could see Him. They could see Him in their mind's eye. In other words, it's about our imagination. Somebody say imagination. Who gave you your imagination? God did. God gave you your imagination. A lot of times we use it in the wrong way. But God gave it to us. How many of you know that? And so they could see in their mind's eye, they could imagine that their friend was healed. They could imagine that their friend was going to be able to walk. These four men had faith in God. They were able to see the outcome that they desired. And that's what really faith does for us. Faith allows us to see the outcome that we desire. The outcome that you want. That's what faith is. It's about seeing the outcome that you want. So don't let your imagination take you down a road for something you don't want, but rather base your thoughts on the Word of God. What God has to say, because when we read this about this man, the Bible says that God can do the impossible. He can do what men cannot do. What men cannot accomplish, God can accomplish it. And these men believed it. These four men believed that their friend could be healed. They saw the outcome. You see, faith can change your circumstances. Faith can change your circumstances. I don't know what your circumstances are this morning, but I want to tell you something. God can change it. He can change it in a moment. He can change it in a second. This man woke up one morning and he was paralyzed. He could not move. He could not do anything for himself. They did not have handicapped parking places in his day. They did not have wheelchairs in his day. They didn't have any of those things in his day. When someone was paralyzed like this man was, you were basically a pauper unless your family took care of you. Because there was nothing they could do. He woke up one morning in that condition. His circumstances put him in a horrible place. But one meeting with Jesus changed his circumstances just like that. I'm here to tell you this morning that God can change your circumstances this morning. Because He is alive, He is well, and He is on the throne. He is in control today. Faith can change your circumstances. Watch out... And don't allow yourself to go down a road in your thought life that says that God can't do anything for you. Don't be distracted by your circumstances. The Bible again and again talks about the unseen becoming the seen. The unseen becoming the seen. There in Hebrews 11.1, 1, that faith is the substance of things so for, and the evidence of things not seen. Okay? So it's what's not seen. If you drop down to Hebrews 11.3, Paul writes, Now through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. That verse says that the things that we see were made out of the unseen. In other words, when we get ready to do a project, we have to go down to Home Depot and buy the material to do the project with. 
But when God gets ready to go do the project, He don't have to go down to Home Depot and buy the material. How many of you know that He can just speak it and it happens? He speaks it and it's done. Because that's what this is about. It's about what's in the unseen becomes a reality simply because Jesus says it's a reality. The man could not walk, but Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. And He was able to do it because the unseen became seen when Jesus spoke. And Jesus can do the same thing for you today as He speaks into your life. The things that are unseen, the things that seem like they are not possible, one word from Jesus can make it seen and be a reality in your life. Everybody say, now faith. Now, right now. See, it says that we understand that the world was framed by the Word of God. So let the Word of God frame your life. If the Word of God can frame the worlds, uh, then certainly the Word of God can frame my life. Certainly the Word of God can take my life uh, and change it into what God's Word says that my life ought to be. Just like Jesus spoke into this man's life. How many of you know that God made us to walk around? He didn't make us to be carried around on a bed, right? So... So what happened was, is that Jesus spoke, and when He spoke, uh, this man was able to do what God had created him to do in the first place. Uh, And I want to say that to you. Uh, Maybe your circumstances look like you can't do it, but the power of God will enable you to do what it looks like you could not do because God has had it planned for you to do all your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, our senses connect us to what we see. But faith takes us to another level. A a level that is beyond the natural. A level that's where God is. And where God is, supernatural things happen. That's what faith takes us. It puts us in touch with God. What you believe, you will receive, Jesus said. The underlying reality by which the whole universe was formed is that everything that's seen is created by the Word of God. Thank God for the Word of God. When you read the Word of God, let it form the world that you're living in. When you read it, say, Lord, I believe it. I receive it, God. Let it shape my world. Let it shape my life. Let it shape my circumstances. Because God's Word has power to shape your life. Have faith that God's Word has power to shape your life. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, he says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, he says, We direct our life not by what we see, but we direct our life by what we read in God's Word because we have faith in the Word of God. We direct our life by that. These five men in Mark chapter 2, carrying their friend to Jesus... What was impossible for men was possible with Jesus. So when you have a problem that you can't solve, you just need to take it to Jesus because He can always do the impossible. 
And that's what these men were doing. They were taking their friend to Jesus. They were taking the problem to Jesus because Jesus can do the impossible. Jesus urges you to believe even though you have not seen. John 20, 29, He says, Blessed are those that have not seen and yet believed. And this is a theme in Scripture. The world, the, the world around us that we see is something that's easy for us to believe in, but the world says seeing is believing. But how many of you know the Bible reverses that and says that believing is seeing? It's the opposite end. He says that believing is seeing. And that's an important principle for us to grasp. Let's look at it again in Psalms 27 verse 13. Look what David says here. He says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So first David has to believe... He has to believe that he's going to see the goodness of the Lord. He believes it first, and then he receives it. And so this is a theme throughout Scripture. You've got to believe it before you see it. You must believe it first. And when David believed it, I love what this verse says. He said, I had fainted. A lot of people faint because they believe the wrong thing. But we don't want to faint. David, what kept David from fainting was that he believed that he was going to see the goodness of God. Somebody say, I'm going to see the goodness of God. Listen to this, in the land of the living. I mean, heaven's going to be great, but how many of you know that God wants to do something right here, right now? Now, faith, in the land of the living, where you are today, that's where God wants to do something. David said, I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And when we believe that, it keeps us from fainting. It keeps us from giving up because we believe what God can do. Let's look again at Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Hebrews 11, verse 27. It says, By faith he, Moses, by faith Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, if you're fearing, you're looking through the eyes of the natural realm and not your eyes of faith. Let's look at the verse again. By faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Why was he not afraid? Because he had faith in God. He had faith in God's plan. Come on now, you've got faith in God's plan or you wouldn't be here this morning. You've got faith in God's plan for your life. So did Moses. He had faith in God's plan. And that kept him from fearing. When I can only see with my natural eyes, there's always plenty of things to fear. Matter of fact, just about everything makes me afraid when I'm thinking about my natural eyes. Oh my goodness, uh, the economy, you know, it's going to go bad. Inflation is going to go up and, and I'm not going to have enough to meet my needs. And on and on and on. Like I said, you've got to watch out for those rats. Really awful thoughts. You've got to watch out for those rats, see. 
because it'll keep us from having faith in God. Moses, seeing with the eyes of faith, was not afraid of the king of Egypt, praise God. When I see with the eyes of faith, my fears evaporate. Seeing with faith always evaporates my fears. These four men in Mark chapter 2, verse 3, and they come unto him bringing one sick of the palsy, which was carried by four. These four men were walking the path of faith. And that's the path we want to walk on. We want to walk on that path of faith. Because when you walk on that path of faith, the goodness of God will always come into your life. When you walk on that path of faith, the goodness of God will always come into your life. They took their man to Je- they took this man to Jesus, their friend, and he was healed. The goodness of God came into his life uh, when they acted by faith. Uh, we must act by faith. It brings the goodness of God into our life. Faith li- lifts us up above the realm of our abilities and makes God's possibilities available to us. These four men in Mark chapter two. They take action. The action was as they carried the man to Jesus. Faith takes action. Faith takes action. Hebrews 11, the faith chapter, when you read through it, you might take time this afternoon to read through it. When you read through it, it's filled with people that took action. They took action. Hebrews 11.31 says, By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. In other words, she took action. She felt a little nudging on the inside. Somehow she heard a voice on the inside. In the midst of living with a bunch of ungodly people, how many of you know Jericho was an ungodly place? That's why God destroyed it, because it was an ungodly place. We may be living in an ungodly society. But do you believe that God can still speak to you? He spoke to to Rahab here. He nudged her. He gave her a little nudge on the inside. There was something down inside of her that encouraged her to hide these two spies. And she yielded to that nudge. We have to yield to that nudge that we feel in our heart. That's faith. That's the Holy Spirit working in us. But but taking that action, that's faith. So you need to take that small action. The Holy Spirit gives us a nudge in our heart to take action. A nudge to speak. A nudge to hide the spies. A nudge to carry a friend to Jesus. A nudge to serve. How many of you have ever felt God giving you a nudge to take action? A nudge maybe to pray for your sick friend that God would do a miracle in their life. You say, oh my goodness. Only, you know, Pastor Jamie and Pastor Ron can pray for people to get a miracle in their life. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus, listen to what Jesus says. Mark 16, 17 and 18. 
And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Jesus said that if you believe, He said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. How many of you believe? Amen. These signs shall follow them that believe. And then he went on to say, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, how many of you got, have got hands? Did anybody bring your hands to church? You got hands? You're a believer and you have hands. So, I want to encourage you to do what these four men did. These four men, they took their friend to Jesus. But Jesus said that you could lay your hands on someone and pray for them. Somebody say, faith in God. Faith in God. Somebody say, action. It's both. See, it's faith in God and it's an action too because you pray for them, you lay your hands on them and you pray for them. You say, oh my goodness, I can't do miracles. I can't either. But Jesus said, if you'll believe and lay your hands on them and pray for them, He said, I will heal them. It's not my power. It's the power of God. It's not your power. It's the power of God. But how many of you know we need to be obedient and do what He says? Lay your hands on someone and pray for someone and believe for God to do a miracle in their life because you know what when you allow God to work through you to bring a miracle into somebody else's life what you sow in the life of others will come back into your life miracles will come back into your life you so have faith in God don't 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 think about oh my what I've done in the past don't think about I've never did this before don't think about all of that just think about one thing what God's word says and then just do what the Word says because that's action. You're doing something. You're taking action. The Bible tells us that we must take action. Look in James chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. He says, What does it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he has faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you send them to part in peace, be you warmed and filled, Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What does it profit? Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. Yes, a man may say, I have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Uh, those verses there tell us... Uh, that if we have faith, we need to take action in order for faith to work. It's important that we do whatever God is nudging us to do. Somebody say nudging. God's nudging you to do something today. He's nudging you to take some action today. Faith takes action. Abraham... If you read about him in Genesis 12, Abraham left his hometown. God was telling him to do something, to take a step of faith. And then Noah built an ark. That was an action. He believed that God was telling him to do something. He took action. When you look throughout the Scriptures, you see again and again that faith always takes action. David fought a giant because he had faith that he could kill the giant 
but he took action. He actually went out on the battlefield. So what is God urging you to take action on today? What's He nudging you to do? That little bitty nudge you feel down in your spirit, He's saying, take action. Take action on what you believe. And then faith endures. Faith endures, church. Hebrews eleven twenty seven says, By faith he, Moses, forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Endurance empowers us to overcome our trials and see God do miracles in our lives. Because it's when we it's when we're doing it's when we're going through trials that we need a miracle. Right? When we go through trials, we need a miracle. And the Bible says here, it says that Moses was able to endure, endure because he saw him who was invisible. So we have to stay focused on him who is invisible. And listen, church. Uh, when you change your focus, you will always change the direction of your life. And let me tell you this. Whatever you focus on, that's what you'll end up getting. Okay. So Moses, he stayed focused on him who was invisible. And this gave him endurance uh, to go through the trial and see God do deliverance. Uh, Moses had a big job to do, and it was pretty hard to get the children of Israel out of Egypt. How many of you know it's pretty hard to do? He went through a lot, but guess what? He was able to endure. He was able to stick with it because he could see Him who is invisible. I want to say this morning, you can see Him who is invisible. You can see the King of kings and the Lord of lords today. Keep your eyes on Jesus because He will enable you to endure until you receive your miracle from God. Everybody say endurance. There's a promise for those who live by faith. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now he says, let us not be weary in well-doing. Somebody say endurance. It's endurance is what he's talking about there. For in due season we shall reap. You know, we go through different seasons in life, but seasons don't last forever, they pass. I mean, I know it's cold outside this morning, you do too. But we also know that July is coming in Oklahoma. And the season's going to pass. It's going to pass, right? And the same thing's true about your life. The season you're in now is going to pass, but you need to endure in faith. You need to hang on to your faith. And you can hang on to your faith by keeping your eyes on Jesus. That's how Moses endured, by seeing Him who is invisible. And then, if you continue on there in Galatians 6, 9... 
See, if you endure, you will reap if you faint not. So there's coming a season in your life where you're going to reap. Somebody say, I'm going to reap because I have faith. You're going to reap. You're going to come to a place uh, that you're going to reap something. I believe you're going to reap something in this service today. I believe you're going to receive something today. I believe that today is a day for a new season to start in your life today. Because you're here and you have faith in God. See, faith takes hold of the promise of God and it hangs on. And it hangs on. And it keeps on hanging on. Faith keeps making its request over and over and over again, that's endurance. When you keep making the request over and over and over again, that's endurance. It's also what Jesus taught us to do. Look in Luke 18, verses 1 through 6. These verses are about endurance. The Bible says, And he, Jesus, spake a parable unto him to this end that men are always to pray and not to faint. I like to say that if you don't pray, you will faint. But if you do pray, you won't faint. That's what Jesus says here. But now let's go ahead. He says, saying, There was a certain judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. She had been wronged somehow, and she was wanting justice. And he would not for a while. But afterwards he said within himself, Though I fear God, though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge says. So Jesus here is teaching on prayer, and he tells us that this widow woman kept asking day after day after day after day after day. In other words, she endured. Every day she got up, she went down to the courthouse, because that's where judges are, isn't it, at the courthouse? Anyway, she got up and she went somewhere, wherever this judge was, and she said, Hey, remember me? The next day she did it again. The next day she did it again. The next day she did it again. (laughs) And Jesus said, finally this old judge said, man, just to get this woman out of my hair. Boy, when you get a woman praying about something, you got something on your hands. Pray on, ladies. Believe on, ladies. Uh, Keep asking, ladies. Uh, Keep on keeping on. Don't you give up. Jesus said, no, don't you give up. He said, you keep right on asking because you're going to get an answer. You're going to receive an answer. He said, if this unjust judge gave this lady what she was asking for, how much more will I give you what you're asking for? Don't you give up. Have endurance. Have endurance. Keep believing. We believe it basically took Noah somewhere between 100 and 120 years to build the ark. According to Genesis 6 verse 3, the Bible says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, though his years be 120. Which is in the same place where 
Noah was told to build the ark. So from that verse, it's concluded that it probably took him around 100, 120 years. There's some debate about it, but somebody say it took a long time. Okay, it took a long time. So, you know, Noah, he believed a flood was coming. He believed that God told him to build an ark. And so, when you look at Hebrews 11, verse 7, it says, By faith, by faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, things not seen as yet, he moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. So every day, day after day, month after month, year after year, Noah woke up, uh, ate his breakfast, and said, Miss Noah, I'm headed out to work another day on the ark. I'm headed out to work another day on the ark. I'm headed out to work another day on the ark. Somewhere back in the 2000s, I got the idea that I wanted to to flip a house. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay. So I had the opportunity to do that. and I bought a house. That, it was in pretty good shape, but it needed some stuff done to the inside of it to fix it up and make it look better. I only did that one time. Why? Because it seemed like every morning forever I had to go work on that house. I had to go work on that house. And when I think about Noah, for 100 years or 120 years, man, wouldn't you, think, wouldn't you be tempted to say, God, is there any end to this boat you've got me making? And I sure hope it rains. Because if it don't, I'm going to have a big boat in my front yard. Everybody say, He endured. How many of you know it was a good thing? He endured. He endured. Because the flood destroyed everybody else. But Noah and his family, they got a miracle. They, how many of you know they overcame the flood? They made it through the flood. They got a miracle because Noah had faith in God and God took them through the flood. I don't know what floods you're going through, but let me say that faith in God will get you through. Faith in God will take you through to the other side. Endurance is what it took to build the ark. And faith gives us the ability to endure, to see the work of God completed. Have faith in God because you're going to see the work that God is doing in your life completed. God has begun a work and He will complete the work that He's done. God is in control. Your circumstances are not in control. Your boss is not in control. There's not, it's not the government that's in control. Somebody say, God is in control. God is the one who's in control. Have faith in God's plan because God is going to complete the work in your life. So feed your faith. Feed your faith. How? Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. When you read God's Word, what do you see? You see Him who is invisible. 
When you read the Word of God, you see Him who is invisible. How long have I preached? Is it past lunchtime? Not yet. (laughs) Feed your faith. You know, when I think about this passage and say feed your faith, I think about, because I was raised in the country too, and at one time uh, we had, uh, my dad bought a pig that we were going to feed and and eat, and and we did. And I was even glad when we ate him. Because because I I had to feed him. That was my job. That was my chores to feed the pig. I don't know if any of you have ever had the privilege of watching a, a pig eat. Some of you have. You know, you can feed a dog or a cat or, or, or a canary or something like that. You, you can put feed out for them, and they don't always eat all the food. But when you pour feed out to a pig, he's going to eat every bite of it. There's not going to be any left. As a matter of fact, if there's another pig in the pen, because my father-in-law had more than one pig, he would try to, that, what, those pigs will try to root the other one out of the way. They're not very nice when it comes to eating. Now, I don't want to call you a pig this morning. But when it comes to feeding your faith, can I say you need to eat all of it? Eat it all up. Take it all in. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And the more the Word of God that you have, the more your faith is going to grow. And the the more your faith will change the world that is around you. Faith says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. You can do all things today. Noah said, I can build an ark. Joshua said, we can live in the promised land. David said, I can kill a giant. What do you say this morning? Say it out loud. Uh, Say out loud what you believe. Uh, Go ahead and say it out loud. Mark 11, 22 and 23, Jesus answering said to them, have faith in God. For truly I say unto you, that whatsoever you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he says it's okay to say it and to say it out loud faith says it out loud one of the actions that you can take is just to simply say it out loud when you say it out loud it's an, it's an action that's been taken and, and it's important for you to say it out loud because once you say it out loud you've released the power of God. God's power is released. Psalms 1 verses 2 and 3, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. When you say it out loud, then it starts to grow. Just like it's talking about in that verse right there. It begins to grow. And so, Say it out 
loud. See your world through the eyes of faith. Genesis 15 verse 5, that's what Abraham did. And he, the Bible says, and he brought him forth abroad. He brought Abraham abroad. He said, look now towards the heaven and tell the stars if you're able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall your seed be. When Abraham and Sarah had reached a place of despair because they were too old to have children, God took him out and said, look up at the sky. He said, look up at the stars. He said, because if you can count the stars, you can count the number of your descendants. Let me tell you something. When you go out tonight, go out tonight, and if it's not overcast, go out to a night and look up in the stars and you can see what God wants to do in your life. There is no limit. How many of you know there's no limit when you look up into the sky and see what God has done? You can't even see the end of our universe because God has done it. And that's what God was saying to Abraham. You can't imagine what I want to do in your life. Look up toward heaven. That's what David said in Psalms 121 verses 1 and 2. He said, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord which made heaven and earth. Church, look up. Look up to heaven because God is going to do something in your life. And then the other truth I see in in that 15th verse is look with the eyes of faith. What do you see this morning with your eyes of faith? The power of faith. There's no challenge that's too big. There's no sickness that's too great. And there's no dream that's too big or too far off that God cannot accomplish it in your life. If God ever spoke it into your life, endure because God is going to bring it to pass in your life. So this morning, let's pray it and let's say it and let's believe that God is going to do it. Whatever it is this morning, let's pray it, let's say it, and let's believe that God is going to do it. Thanks for listening. We hope you will stay connected by subscribing to our podcast and becoming a partner to our ministry. Go to BreakthroughEvangelism.com for our evangelism ministries and EpicenterChurchOK.com to connect with our church. Be sure to follow us on all our social media platforms. We want you to be blessed.